Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to It Never Gets Old a first-hand account of all things second-hand, resale, thrift, vintage, consignment, and sustainable, because the future of fashion is nothing new. I am your host, Meredith Feynman, and I am joined by my bestie in the Westie, producer Sarah Lane. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Meredith. I am indeed your bestie in the Westie. That's a fun little moniker. Uh, Every once in a while, someone is like, where'd you guys come up with that? And I'm like, I don't remember. That's just what I am. I think I just flew out of my mouth one day. It rhymed and it just like flew out. Uh, and yeah, I don't even know yeah, sometimes just, where the things I say come from. You're just clever. <laughs> it worked out nicely. But yeah, okay. here we are. Yeah. How are you? You know, still in quarantine. I refuse to subscribe to the um, fancy Tracy Anderson uh, online workouts. And so she did like a mini one for Goop. So it's only 15 minutes long. So I did it twice <laughs> in my living room. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, I actually, I'm sort of ashamed to admit this. I haven't been doing any sort of free online stuff because I know a lot of them are being offered or you could just bounce around anyway and do like the first couple free or there's like a variety of like free yoga on YouTube, I'm sure. I really I haven't really done that. I've 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 squandered this time where I could have been doing a lot more indoor exercises. Yeah, but you live in beautiful near beautiful outdoors, so you go on like hikes and stuff. If I was able to That's go on true. hikes, like I go on very long walks, something listeners you should know about me is that I'm very obsessive about getting my steps in. I love getting steps. I try to do my 10,000 steps every day, but like I'm in the middle of a city and so, you know, it's not really a hike. It's like a it's an urban hike. Well, and you have to, if you're being responsible and conscientious, you're going to, there's going to be other people and you don't want to yeah. be too close to each yeah, other and there's that whole thing. So I walk at off hours because I work for myself and because I can, but between the hours of like 5 p.m. and 8 p.m., it is like reverse Pac-Man. It's like, you just have to like, I mean, I will just start walking in the middle of the street. There are a lot of people that don't observe six feet of space. I've been like that lady who's like, you know, asking to speak to the manager and yelling at runners like people are not not maintaining their space. So, yes, it's it's like a video game and like a really unfun one. But I have been taking walks with my fronds from like, you know, certain feet away and not walks with my dog Bean, who is the recipient of my treat of the week um, because I have a dog who doesn't like to walk. <laughs> so I think she's just a lazy diva and I have no idea where that came from. It was adopted three years ago. She's a Shih Tzu Maltese. I put 
um, little outfits on her and she just is really living the high life. Um, so I treated her, it has not come yet, to a really absurd, you know, faux. They make all these like hype beast which is the theme of today one of the themes we're talking about sneakers finally they make these like fake designer dog beds so it's like a supposed i mean it's supposed to be quote unquote they don't really peddle it as real they peddle it as a joke but it's a supreme louis vuitton dog bed it's like red with this it hasn't come yet it's coming from china so like i don't know when it's coming and i like to wash it first i don't know what condition it'll be in after i do that but it's it's very cute i was like being you know we can like step up your bed game here like i feel like you know, you could be a little bit cuter. Well, she's pretty cute. Uh, I hope that she appreciates everything that you do for her. Only some of it. Very much only <laughs> some of it. What are you treating yourself to this week? Well, this is, you, you mentioned, I hope the dog bag comes, kind of hard to say type thing. I'm in a little bit of a predicament because, so I've got this long gold charm necklace that I got from Alexis Batar years ago. The necklace itself is just a simple chain, but it, you know, it's, it's designed to hook on charms that you buy from Alexis Batar. This is a jewelry company and they make lots of them. It's just kind of like a thing, you know, charm bracelets, but it's a charm necklace. Now I have had the chain for a while and I had a couple of charms that are sold separately and they, they can come off, you know, you're, it's interchangeable. So you have like the same necklace, but it's like lots of different looks. And over time I lost my charms. Just, they've just, you know, they snagged on something or who even knows. So I had the necklace and I'm like, eh, and I like the original charms or even different ones. And so I look occasionally online to see if they pop up. One of them, which is like, it's sort of, it kind of looks like a, like an icicle, like a, like a diamond icicle. And it popped up on Poshmark and I was like, oh, cool. It's not even really that expensive. And it's what I already had before one of the charms. And it's like, it's cute. Very simple. So I bought it. It was accepted immediately. And I, I, sus, I, sus, right. And I, I had lowballed them a little bit thinking like, I'll come up like another 10, $15. And it was accepted, and I was sort of like, I don't know, maybe I just got lucky. And well, sometimes, then, sometimes you do. You know, it's a crapshoot. Exactly. Like, this person might have just been, like, trying to sell it forever, and maybe I just saw it, or they were having a weird day, or who knows. Don't even, not even going to ask questions. But then a few days go by, and then Poshmark, I had kind of forgot about it, Poshmark, in my notifications, was like, hey, yeah, we sent a reminder to the seller, you know, because it, like, hasn't been shipped yet, you know, and that's all, that all gets documented. So I was sort of like, oh, yeah, that's true. What's going on? Then I went in to sort of say, like, problem with my order, not shipped, because a week had gone by. And I thought, well, I want my refund then if this is just not happening. And, of course, because of the times we're in, they've got a little notice that says we're giving sellers more of a grace period. They might not have been able to get to wherever they need to get to ship your item. So I was like, well, okay, that's also fair. I'm not in a huge hurry here. Well, that time has now expired. So I was going to treat myself to this charm that I'm pretty sure just has never come in. All I want is my money back, which I'm not too worried about because I have been through this on Poshmark before with something that just, you know, I I got refunded. But I'm kind of bummed out because I thought I was getting this windfall of this charm that I actually did want in the first place. Yeah, that's annoying. I didn't know. For it's not much of a treat. No. Story. Well, you know, we're both it still could be. We're waiting. On, we're waiting on our treats. We're sitting here by the window, uh, looking out the window, waiting for our treats. Shipping <laughs> is in a precarious time for lots of reasons. People are delayed because they have 
frankly, more important things to do, like ship medical supplies or just, you know, try to live day to day. But yes, so treats have been delayed. There was a funny meme about Amazon being like, oh, you'll get this in three weeks. And the next day it's like, just kidding. I'm here. Come get me. Yeah. I didn't know forever that Alexis Batar is a man. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I know that now, but I didn't either for, for some time. I love his stuff. It's very like loose chunky, but light stuff. So, but we will be doing jewelry soon. I've been making notes for that. But we are getting to an episode today that I have wanted to do since before uh, I started It Never Gets Old. We have a backlog from April 2019. There are a bunch of new listeners because we were on the homepage, or maybe hopefully we still are by the time you hear this, of Apple Podcasts under Conscious Woo-hoo. Consumerism. Yeah. BB, big leagues. Um, so you can listen to all of that. But I've been wanting to do sneakers forever. I'm a self-proclaimed sneakerhead, which is someone who just, you know, is very into sneakers. I have a book called Brag Better, uh, all about hyping yourself and feeling confident in your accomplishments and the things you know and that's out June 16th but I was always sort of like I delayed it for a year because I was like "Mm, maybe I don't know enough because sneakers is an entire world and I would love to have a couple different experts on to talk about sneakers because the sneaker world and the buying and selling of sneakers particularly secondhand is an entire separate podcast so we'll see how we can condense it into ours yeah i I have had I had a boss a few years ago who was a sneakerhead in a really big way. And and I kind of thought it was silly until I realized the depth of his knowledge about the whole thing and how much he cared. And then I was like, this is actually really neat. This is like a whole collector's world. I mean, yeah, you're wearing some of the sneakers, but there was more to it for him. And ever since then, and we have some mutual friends who really care about the new arrivals of sneakers. And I'm like, I know they're like mostly associated with sports figures and I'm not even really clueless about that world. And yet it's very hard for me to keep up. So I am very much not a sneakerhead. I just know what looks cool. And I know certain brands that are expensive or certain, you know, like brand lines that are expensive, but I have a lot to learn. Well, I have some knowledge to impart um, in my corner of the sneaker internet, but yes, you've probably seen it around you know, people's sneaker closets in the way that there are lots of, you know, hand and shoe bag closets. A lot of people, not only men, um, have these very extensive closets for sneakers and it's different. The storage is different. So it's all in boxes, like very intensely in boxes, because this is such an intense collector's world, which I'll talk about a little bit about sort of like price deviation and how to get deals, but also how to make money, but also how to just tread carefully, because I would say sneakers Sneakers and Hermes bags are the two things that like if you touch it the wrong way and it gets a scratch, it gets a dent, it gets like the tiniest pockmark, it can just tank the value entirely for very, this is, you know, we're talking about serious collectors, but let's back up. I was thinking about before we started recording what the first sneaker I ever really wanted was and the first one I noticed And I remember this because my affinity for things and fashion and items, you know, clearly dates way back. I can't remember if I was in first grade or second grade, but there was this girl, Amanda, and Amanda was so cool. I don't know if she's still cool. In my head, she's still terrifying and cool. Um, And I remember standing in the lunchroom and she had these sneakers that were so cool and they were Sambas. Do you remember Sambas, Sarah? I never had any, but yes, I do. So Sambas are, I guess, technically, I mean, sneakers here we're talking about. So let's, to, 
we're, I'm not really talking about workout shoes right now. I'm talking about the athleisure wear, wearing sneakers around, walking around, the fashion element of sneakers. But there is a lot, I mean, that we can talk about, about specifically workout sneakers and how to buy and sell those. But we're talking more about sort of lifestyle sneakers. Sambas, I guess, are not new. A lot of these styles aren't new and they continue to circle around like the Nike Cortez and the Air Max. And I'll put up a little guide but uh to the different sort of styles that we're talking about but man i really wanted those sambas and i don't think i ever got them and they're technically an indoor soccer shoe like that's what they're supposed to be for but god they were so cool and i just remember amanda had them I remember looking at her feet and i was like what are those and <laughs> in a good way in a good way course. i was sort of i wasn't uh much of an athletic kid i, mean, I was a cheerleader but like i didn't there were certain athletic shoes and apparel that just were sort of lost on me because yeah I didn't really know the soccer styles never played soccer I never played softball you know volleyball I wasn't good at too short for basketball all that stuff so the kind of sport stuff aside of course there's more to it than that but when you're a little kid it was like my parents were gonna weren't gonna like buy me cool shoes like to run around in if I wasn't going to so I always had like a pair of Nikes or Reeboks that were passable, but never cool. I know the Amanda you're talking about. Well, not personally, but I know I know what you mean. It's like, ah, they're cool. You almost don't even really know why they're so cool. They just are. Yeah, and I don't know if she was wearing them for indoor soccer or they just were like a trend because she was very athletic. I, like you, Sarah, was not an athletic child. I, you know, work out a lot as an adult. Um, but I never really played a ton of team sports. I do remember being dragged to soccer and I begged to let them have me play defense so I didn't have to run as much. And I was like <laughs> literally collecting flowers and doing cartwheels it, on defense. It meant I didn't have to run and like, you know, didn't have to go anywhere. I hated it. But I was into some of the like cool stuff at like Sophie shorts as you got older and like how many times you rolled them and how short your shorts were. But yes. And then I was thinking, I have this picture of me in fourth grade where I am wearing red Converse high tops and I've replaced the laces with pink ones. So basically I've been styling for a long time. I don't know how, I guess I just decided I wanted different laces and it was like, I don't think anyone had red Converse. I guess I think I saw Punky Brewster. I used to watch Punky Brewster and she had what, two different colored high tops? Yeah, that was one of her looks and lots of big bows in her hair and yeah that that's actually a good almost like kid sneakerhead representation from <laughs> the 80s that we didn't realize was so influential yeah for those of you that don't know about punky brewster might be too old or too young probably the latter uh punky brewster what was she like abandoned this is now kind of dark was she abandoned by her parents and lived with her grandfather or was that just a random man yeah i don't think they were related and i'm not sure either this is probably a pretty <laughs> yeah. simple google search would would solve the uh, the mystery for us but yeah i believe she was an orphan and she ended up you know it was like in an apartment building in new york or wherever it was with an old man yeah and like the other kids in the building were her age and so she had you know her ragtag crew and they all got into mischief yeah and it was Soleil Moon Fry who then was in a million other shows and anyway deeply influenced by her fashion because the thing about Punky Brewster which I don't remember the sad sad plot to was that she had really cool style like she just totally like she'd wear two different colored shoes and I think she probably changed out the laces which is why I guess I changed out mine and then I have totally like a sneaker void from like fourth grade until college. I don't really remember wearing sneakers a lot in high school. I don't think, 
I don't remember them being like cool to just wear around. I guess you would just wear them for gym class, but I honestly don't even remember. Uh, so then, you know, when I got to college, I got way back into Converse's and I remember buying men's sizes at Urban Outfitters. I went to the University of Pennsylvania, which is in Philly, and there was an Urban Outfitters right there where I shut, like, just really, you know, threw a lot of money down a hole and crap. But I still have those Converse, the black high tops in my closet. Wow. Lucky you, because they're too flat for me. I mean, you can use insoles, but, you know, certain sneakers. If you want to display them on a cool sneaker shelf, that's one thing. But wearing them, it's very different. You know, people have different feet. Yeah, well, so Converse have been around, or Chuck Taylors have been around since, what, the 50s? But, uh, yes, they have no support. And, I'm, you know, it's what you'd wear to, like, look cute to frat parties or, I guess, going to class. Or I'm trying to remember what I was even wearing. I still have them. (laughs) And they're they're a little big because they're men's sizes, which gets me into... A big stink I often throw about women and sneakers. It has gotten much better. But there is a lot of latent sexism and just sort of pinking of women's footwear, which I have written about and spoken about before. What does that mean? That means that the sneaker mania industry just wasn't for women and women really wanted it. And now it's different but it's taken a really, really, really long time to change. It always bothered me. I wanted to give these brands like Nike and Adidas and probably not, but very occasionally Reebok my money. And I couldn't because I wear a size eight and a half, maybe nine. I can maybe swing a men's seven, but they don't make a lot of good colorways, which are, you know, the colors are that are on something in a seven and and seven or seven and a half most of men's sneakers start at an eight you can buy boys sneakers um but then they don't make the same good limited editions or interesting colors for kids it's not nearly as extensive and that's something that's really always pissed me off yeah i mean i'm a women's six so i don't even really know what i would be in men's i i mean sometimes four we, okay, so it's just like, I mean, I, I'm i buying children's yeah. shoes, you know, like across the board at this point. But I have you know, like gone into a footlocker or something and been like, oh, I like that one. But it's like on the men's wall. And so you go and like try to find the women's wall and you're like, uh, yeah, like you, you mentioned pink. It's like, yeah, it's kind of feminine and there's only like a few styles. And then you, you're sort of like, all right, well, maybe I'll just get like the really small ones like – as long as it's more or less just a size thing and not like about like feet width all that much, maybe I can get away with it. But there's never anything good for kids either. Yeah, so it's bullshit. I think the industry uh, has come a very long way in its offerings for women and realizing the incredible purchasing power of women when it comes to sneakers. And so whether it's, you know, Melody Asani or Vashti or even a Serena Williams that are designing sneakers, like we don't want pink and purple shit. I mean, pink and purple shit is great. And I'm sure there are a lot of men that want pink and purple stuff. But, you know, I think that women should get and I I tried to pitch this to Complex, which is a sort of men's hype beast all things cool outlet and the guy gently not gently mansplained to me that his girlfriend had one limited edition sneaker that he couldn't get so it was kind of the same thing which it wasn't at all uh but yeah it is it's frustrating and infantilizing um and i will step off my soapbox now but it's it's a huge problem in the industry and it's frankly just it's like do you not like money I mean, it's part of the conversations that we have also about designers making bigger sizes 
for fat people that want to wear them with bodies that should be able to wear designer clothing. It's like, do you just not like money? So it's different. It's very different. Uh, But it is silly. So now when I do walk into like, I mean, I haven't walked into a store in a minute, but there's a big Nike store in Georgetown. You know, you can get a lot more stuff, but a lot of men's, they don't carry seven or seven and a half. And if you are a woman who has bigger feet, you can wear men's sizes and then you can get the cool colors. But, you know, I want more cool colors. Well, I don't blame you. And you you mentioned the you know, issue with some plus sizes or being, you know, a gender who doesn't get the cool shoes kind of thing. I do see that the trend slowly, but surely seems to be moving in the right direction. Um, The more particularly secondhand stuff that I shop online, the more I see emphasis on a lot more sizing. I don't know, the inclusion of more folks, I guess, because we're all in this together type thing. But sneakers, it's almost like stock trading or something. Like it's so there's exclusivity and this like in the know thing that is very intimidating. Absolutely. I mean, I've walked into a couple big sneaker shops and they're like are like oh blah blah and then I'll start naming styles because I know they think I don't know anything and I'm nowhere you know I'm I'm not an expert on it um because this is a really really complicated world but yes it does feel very exclusionary which is to say that talking about it in the it never gets old context it's like okay all that wind up is about buying and selling them secondhand. This is kind of different from almost any other category of stuff. But, you know, you might not be looking for the hottest, hottest sneaker. You're probably not going to be listening to me. You're probably going to be palling around on Grailed or, you know, reading Hypebeast or those sorts of things. Um, And other like sneaker trade magazines and blogs. Like that's a whole thing. I'm actually, I'm sure there's many sneaker podcasts. But there are some things I can teach you about buying and selling. Let's talk about like the hottest release sneaker. So when I say the hottest release sneaker, it's almost always Nike or Adidas, right, Sarah? I mean, it's the Jordans, right? Yes. That's that's what I always hear about is like, oh, new Jordans, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, okay, those are Nikes, right? No, they're, well, yeah, but they're like special. But there's like a million different kinds and like yes they come out at different seasons at like midnight and it's very confusing to me i want to get someone from round two on here round two is an incredible um secondhand and now i hesitate to say these places are secondhand i mean they're resellers of sneakers and you can sign them quote unquote but like none of these have ever hit the ground they're all wrapped in plastic um this is an entire world that like i want more people to just like just you know sniff into you place like flight club in new york city um where you go in and they have them lining the walls so this is not the place to get deals let's talk about that first and foremost so when i say the hottest sneaker the newest release is usually nike and adidas there is a scarcity issue because they make it so and people grab them and then resell them so that's not a place like you're not going to get a great deal secondhand on like the sneaker of the moment But that is constantly changing. Um, And I will tell you how not to do it. So here are Jordans. And I think I've told this story before. They are Nike. They are an entirely different world. I don't know shit squad about Jordans. Um, The one time I tried to. So there's a very cool sort of streetwear store in D.C. called Commonwealth. 
um, that I have a couple friends that are involved in. And I had heard from a guy, which was not the right thing. It was not my area of expertise. It was men's sneakers, which I don't know a lot about. I know a lot about sneakers, but I don't, I'm not like, you know, so, so hype beastie that I follow every single drop of everything. I'm like, oh, if this is like a cool limited edition sneaker, that's cool. But you know how I feel about getting a deal. And basically all these go for way over, you know, MSRP. They go way over retail price. So like, this is not the deal here. You know, he had said like oh I'm gonna read he was walking out of the store and he's like oh I'm gonna resell these Jordans like they're so hot right now they have them I'll get all this money for them so that was the first problem was that I just listened to someone else because again I don't it's I don't know enough about it but I went and I bought them and they weren't cheap retail they were still like I don't know 180 200 I, I don't remember how much they were retail but the first thing I did wrong was I got the wrong sizes. I got a size eight and a size 10. Size 10 isn't an issue, but size eight is very much on the smaller size for men and not a common size and a hard size for women. And then I tried to resell them and I barely broke even. So don't be like me. Don't do that. But that doesn't mean like you can't actually, in some of these cases, make money on some of the sneakers you're selling. Okay, so you mentioned the size eight. So fewer men have size eight than have size nine or 10. But... And this is my twisted logic, perhaps. Wouldn't that mean that the size eights are highly coveted because there are going to be people with that foot size and they can't find those shoes either and they'd want to pay you more for them? In Asia, yes. You know, wild, rampant generalization. Um, but in Asia, yes, typically the men's feet are slightly smaller and size eight is a popular size. But this was, I don't know, six. This was before Grailed. So Grailed is, I don't talk about Grailed a lot on It Never Gets Old, but it's a place you should check out. Sarah likes it um, and talks about it, but it is, you know, secondhand streetwear. What do I mean by that? Like, how do you even define streetwear? But but it's a lot of sneakers. It's a lot of people who are very serious about selling sneakers. So I could have sold them on there. Yes, good point. But let's talk about making money just from regular, regular sneakers and not the hottest, hottest releases. Because the thing about the hottest releases if you happen to have bought them and you don't like them, again, there are like 75 different qualifications. You, they need to be tried on inside. They cannot be touched. They need to be shrink-wrapped. Like, I tried to take cool sneakers into a certain secondhand shop and they had been worn. Like, all of the places that are serious about it, like, there's nowhere. Like, they've never been worn. And that's the only way they'll take them is how serious this is. Um, if you go into any serious store like that and you, like, flip the shoes over, not only are they in shrink wrap, but, like, they've just never been worn. They're purely bought for reselling. Like, that's the point. And people try to limit it and whatever. But if you happen to have, ha have one of these shoes, like, you should sell them. Um, if you don't like them because that's you'll make a lot of money in one second and then they'll drop right off it's funny forever the most expensive of these was Yeezys did you ever have Yeezys Sarah oh gosh no I would have wanted them though for sure and I'd like I mean well I'm not the Kanye fan I used to be but I was pretty big fan at one point so and so yeah. and that was like a height of Yeezys so there was like lots of reasons why I would have wanted to rock them you know, like the Boost 2 or whatever, you know, it was, it was like, sure, if I had a lot of disposable income, but it wasn't even really that. It was that they were impossible to find. Yes. So what are Yeezys? For any of you that don't know, Yeezys is a line with Adidas that Kanye West has done for five years now, maybe even a little bit longer. Um, and he, I mean, 
I don't really condone his behavior uh, or his opinions. And as a result, which is shared by many people, now is the time to get Yeezys. Uh, there's one pair that I still think is cute that I'm like, okay, if I buy him secondhand, like, is the money going directly to him? Like, they're still kind of cute. But I've never seen Yeezys. As soon as Kanye started to do a lot of, you know, MAGA and pro-Trump and other erratic behavior, the, like, if you had any Yeezys and you were really making money selling Yeezys, you were like, oh, fuck. You got to offload them now. Like, now you can't make any money on them and it's a great time to buy them because you can actually, for the first time maybe ever, get them at retail price um, and they're not selling. So FYI, get some Yeezys. And then if you're trying to buy the hot sneaker, it's all going to be a a ton of money because they make them very limited releases. People snap them up. This is some people's job. I remember this young boy. I don't remember his name, but he's some, you know, sneaker god. But yeah, this is how people like make serious money and it's very serious business. So let's just talk about like some regular brands besides just like what the coolest thing is and how you can potentially get them for less and then sell them for more. So once you get away from... Like there are a ton of sneakers in production. Once you get away from what is the issue of the moment, which you can never get a deal on and you can make serious money on, um, which, you know, proceed with caution, as I've said, then it's just like the wild west of sneakers and they, the prices substantially drop. Sarah, have you bought secondhand sneakers recently at all? No, I haven't. The last pair of sneakers I bought were on Zappos, which is an Amazon brand, but it started as an independent online shoe brand uh, where you can kind of get deals. I mean, not crazy deals, but it's just a, you know, a shoe marketplace. And I bought these running shoes that I had in a different style before. And I knew the size and, you know, with running shoes, you actually like you need it to be like a really good fitting shoe. And they were like a drastic sale because they were like last year's colors. And I was like, score for me because I don't care about that stuff. But it, it was kind of secondhand prices. Like it was a really, really good sort of fluke deal. Um, secondhand sh- uh, sneakers, as long as they weren't super beat up, I guess unless I wanted that look and I can't really think of when I would, I would have no problem with that. Yeah. So I've bought and sold a shit ton of sneakers. I have three bins of sneakers, which might be appalling to some people who are serious about sneakers, but they're divided into black or dark colors in my golden goose, white and white adjacent, and then colorful and gym, um, which is how I divide my sneakers because I can't display them. I don't have any space anymore. Like I, being is like, there's barely space for me. I, I take up a lot of closets and now I can just you know, scapegoat that I do it semi-professionally. I'm so impressed by your commitment to just the variety. I mean, yeah, I've got more than a couple pairs of black sneakers, but that's kind of the only color I have multiples of. Everything else is like a one-off, you know, like I wouldn't wear certain sneakers if I was wearing red pants. It would just, the colors are wrong, but otherwise, I mean, it sounds like you've, you've really... Your, your collection is strong. Yes, it's not what it was. I used to have way too many pairs of sneakers and I've sold a lot of them. And they're not hard to sell for like not a lot of money. You can take them. To, you can take them. God, if we ever get to go outside again, you can go into resale stores and sneakers sell well. However, let's talk about selling them for a second. So I'm talking about like regular, just popular sneakers like Air Maxes, Air Force Ones. Those always resell really well. Are you going to get retail price, which is like 90 bucks for these? No, never. Once you get away from like the 
it sneaker, you're not going to get retail unless it's like a, a fluke and someone doesn't know what's going on or they've just been looking for them forever. So, you know, I have sold a ton of sneakers. I haven't really made any money on them because again, we've talked about, we've talked about shoes and how hard it is to make money from secondhand shoes unless they are the thing of the moment. Um, and that is because it's like a mattress car you drive it off the lot it tanks in value you're putting your feet on the ground you got to clean them and sometimes you can only clean them to some degree but that works in your favor for buying so if there's a pair of gym shoes that you love or a pair of just like chilling sneakers start looking on the secondhand internet you should never pay i mean i know i'm gonna say you should never pay retail for anything but um there is a huge huge swath of sneakers and then there are people whose life is like dedicated to being a second hand or a sneaker like reseller. There are some people on eBay. There are some people on Poshmark who like have thousands of different sneakers. And I wonder if these people have storefronts and they like have stores or they just like do this all out of their house. I don't know where they put them all, but you can get great sneaker deals on brand new sneakers. That's a thing too, is like they'll be brand new and you just can't recoup your costs. And I don't know how some of this works, but it does. So Get your next pair of sneakers secondhand, Sarah Lane. I'm going to. The whole idea of, yeah, it being like a, you know, you have a museum of some kind and everything's, you know, in its original plastic wrap and maybe, you know, on a shelf or, you know, under the right light. So like the leather stays pristine. It's like, I get all of that. If you're talking about, I don't know, hard to find a toy line from Japan or, or, you know, it's like model train parts or things like that. But with sneakers, it's just so it's, it's hard for me to wrap my brain around having a shoe that cool and not wanting to wear it outside so that other people see the cool shoe I have. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's a whole world. Uh, whatever kind of collector's item, whatever you like to collect, if there are things you like to collect, it's just a corner of culture. It's a huge corner of culture. And, you know, some people's collections are worth like millions of dollars. I mean, there's like no joke in what people will pay for this and what people like how deep the dive goes. There were these two girls, obviously very, very, very rich. And they had some insane collection that they kept in their indoor basketball court, which explains how rich they are. And they were showing it off maybe for comp. I don't remember what they what like internet entity they were showing it off for. But I was like, I don't even know. And none of them were their sizes. Like, I don't know where they're getting them. I mean, people buy and trade in these like it is a it is a huge business um, in this scarcity and having the right cool sneakers. And and it's a total thing. I mean, it's a different kind of signal from a Chanel bag, um, but it's still a signal. And it's fun. You know, it's it's fun to get in on some of it. And then, you know, it gets really overwhelming really quickly. This is going to be a two parter, you know, me thinking I didn't know enough about sneakers. And now it's a two parter. But this was more just getting you into the world and understanding, you know, what a hype beast is, why people pay so much for Jordans. And then on the second part of this, we're going to get into designer sneakers, because once sneakers just became high fashion, you know, it was probably what, 2012, when I wrote this article about the pinking of women's footwear, which I'll link to. But, you know, fashion editors at Paris Fashion Week would be wearing beautiful dresses with sneakers. And once that became a thing, designers were like, you know, well, this is not visual, but they they had eyeballs with, you know, money signs on them and they all got in the game and they're great, too. So we will get into the ins and outs of secondhand designer sneakers in part two.
You can find us online at ingopodcast.com. There you will learn more about me, your host, Meredith Feynman, my producer, Sarah Lane, and a bit more about the podcast. You can email us at hello at ingopodcast.com or slide into the DMs anytime at ingopodcast on Instagram and Twitter or on my own at Meredith Feynman on both, both mediums. And stay safe, stay inside, and clean your sneakers. We'll see you soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.